Hello ladies and gents, you're with Adrianosaurus and I'm the coach of Living Tavita Loca. Um, I'm here minutes, I mean we had three games today on the Sunday for uh, the round and I'm, I'm just minutes after the final game, which was a fucking disgraceful game. I mean it was a good watch, you know, South versus the Bulldogs for a close sort of tussle or, or whatever, but... I mean, if anybody was sort of wondering what South's credentials are this year, a couple of 50-point games put on them, and, you know, as much as they say the medal of a team and what you think their year's going to be like, um, you know, a, a game against Penrith or Melbourne is, gives you a really good indicator of how you're going. I think a game against the Bulldogs gives you the same sort of, you know, look at whether they're motivated, whether they want to go put a score on them. And, you know, you see Melbourne up against these sort of, you know, average teams and they just go out and absolutely whack them. Um, South are disgraceful today. Um, and, you know, they should have put 50 points on, on the Bulldogs, quite quite simply. I mean, the Bulldogs were up for the game, but you got someone who you think is top four material and a chance of tilt at the title, fuck off. They were terrible. Um, anyway, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go through... Some of that sort of stuff. I've got a lot to cover in today's show. Um, my score last week was 646. Once all the wash-up was done, it was a terrible score. I mean, I only went in with, with seven um, players in that bye. Um, that sort of... I anticipated that it would be some red arrows, but I only went down 233 spots, and my overall rank for the season was 1,242. For me, the, the mark of a season... You know, I mean, I want to win the whole bloody title, you know, like everyone else does. Um, but if I can finish in the top 1,000 and I can make all of my head-to-head finals, um, you know, I count it as a, a winning year. Um, and look, I think I'm on track to do that. Um, this week, um, the score for me, um, where do we sit right now? Um, I'm on 1,401 now, pre-sort of updates of the last couple of games. Um I was, you know, I, I was, I was on pegged, you know, by estimate to get a fifteen oh five, which would have been lovely, um, but the South guys and you know the injury to Alex Johnson sort of hurt me in that last game. Um, what were my trades for the week? I brought in Hass. I sold Yukitikamano, who actually had a wow of a game this this week. But you know, Hass equally a wow of a game post Origin for for an eighty eight. But um, and the other trade that I made was I got rid of Watson, um, and I brought in Damian Cook. Now the main reason I brought in Cook was because they have a light run, and just the unsure nature of sort of Harry Grant and minute share with cheese. You know, because Harry Grant's been a bit injury prone. Um, you know, I was just never 100% sure because of the way that Hooker is, whether I, I sort of wanted to go with Grant or, or um, the Cheese. Um, and, you know, Cook at least has the ability to, to go high. Now, today he was fucking disgusting. 34, you fuck. I mean, he was after Origin, so might have been a little bit tired. And look, Souths were just absolute rubbish. Um, so one of my trades, you know, I brought in Cook. I sold Watson, who got 50. So it's worth 16 points there. And... You know, I I don't know. I could be looking at this as a one of my biggest mistakes of the year, bringing in Cook. Um, I mean, look, you, having Watson and Braley there, you need to make an upgrade. Um, and I'm gonna worry about Cook whether it was an upgrade at all if he keeps churning out scores like this. I mean, isn't it funny that when the game changed and we had the six again and the game sped up and everything, you know, if you were talking about players that 
that would benefit you. You know, you thought it would be Pappenhausen, you thought it would be Turbo, and, and you absolutely would have put Cook in the... You would have just thought Cook would be someone who'd average 100. You know, just... I know there's a lot of superstars in that South team, but just with the way he can get out from marker, get out past those markers, and, um, you know, with his, with his foot speed, um, something's got to be said about Cook's form. And, you know, what sort of lifted my spirits to bring him in this week because I thought he was pretty good in the last Origin game. Um, and I thought with South's run home that he might sort of fire up and, and get cracking, but he was he was garbage today, absolutely garbage. I don't even know if I saw him take one single run, and I, it could be a bloody mistake. It could be a bloody mistake, and it disappoints me. But um, so Hass and uh, Cook were my trades. Um, the 14.01, where do I think it's sort of, I don't know, where it, where it stands for the week? I think it's going to be above par. I think par's probably, I don't know. There's some monster scores out there. I mean, I'm winning 8 out of my 10 leagues. I'm not even winning all of my leagues, you know. So I really think it's sort of, I don't know, 1,300? Maybe to 1,325 is par. Um, I see a wide range of scores. I mean, I mean, I'm in leagues with good players where some of them have got 11.50 and um, you know, I've got some up around the 1500 and some 1600s, you know, a lot of 1400s. So I think it's going to be 1325. It's sort of going to be really hard because it's another round where there's a lot of players that went off and, and there was a lot of, um, players that, you know, underperformed. So there can be a big, um, wide degree between the good scores and the bad scores for the round. But, um, hopefully my 14, uh, 14.01 is going to get me some green arrows, hopefully back into the top 1,000. Um, oh, it really, yeah, I would have liked to win 10 out of 10 of my leagues, but where did I, I get sausaged by um, a couple of Cody Walker captains in the last game there? But, um, you know, uh, it's not a bad score if you really look at it. It's just not as good as it could have been if... if you know, the South boys, you know, ripped into gear in that last game. Um, I did loop this week. Um, I looped Hines. I looped Hines. I mean, it was sort of irresistible, the 160 to me. You know, I did the loop um, calculation and, um, you know, I sort of figured to, to myself that, you know, I'd probably get a 20-odd from Lee New as the low score. And the person that I actually dropped was Tohu. Now, it was sort of a comedy of errors, really, for me, because originally I had the uh, reserve on Olam, you know, because I've talked in the past on my podcast about going with those players sort of in the center wing. Um, and I took the reserve off Olam when I heard that um, Tohu was back in. And we all know what happened to Tohu. Six points and, and an ACL I mean, unfortunate, and I really hope for a good recovery for, for Tohu. It's really sad news, um, but it look, put the kibosh on the old good score. I, I, I got him as my AE, so it's funny. I took, um, when I decided to loop, I took um, Tohu out um, of my team, but then I ended up getting him back as my AE anyway. And um, yeah, 124 for Olam on the pine really hurts. Um, and I think there's some points that Ado left out on the on the field this week. Um, in the Turbo's Hemis Cup, I was up against the Whisperer, who's the coach of the Eisenhoos. Now, he's he's ta- he's he's holding up the arse end of the Turbo's Hemis Cup, something fierce. The Whisperer, he is on the bottom of the ladder. He's only had three wins, so 
to say I was confident was probably an understatement. I was very confident that I'd win against um, the Whisperer. And look, you know, I saw the Whisperer do things that reminded me of someone who was playing in their very first year of Supercoach. You know, just before kickoff in the Manly game, he brought in Saab with no turbo in the team and he played him for his 11. Great work. And in playing him, he took um, Angus Crichton out of his team and put him on the bench. He's got Dunster for a 70, Crichton for a 79, uh, Flegler for a 71. Uh, on his on his team, um, he also got the, you know, the Tohu Harris and, um, you know, in there as well. And he captained Cody Walker. But, I mean, I mean, he, 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 he said he's had all these great finishes every year, but he must be having a real unlucky year because, fuck, he's, he's finished on 11.71 to my 14.01. Um, pretty dire reading for the Whisperer. Hey, Ada can do some S... I can do some SC Whisperer as well. Hey, Whisperer, your team is shit. You suck. Yeah, it is the Whisperer. Well, anyway, in the Turbo Sammy's Cup, it was a good win for me. I don't know if I go up the ladder, but I'm hoping to try to sew up a top eight finish in the Turbo's Hammies. Um, and I, another win this week gets me sort of on, you know, seven from seven. So, you know, or in a, seven in a row on, on the Turbo's Hammies, which is really good. Um, yeah, so 1,401, I think, is just ahead of pass. So hopefully I see a little bit of green arrows. Um, now, let's cover the talking points for the week that I sort of just jotted down. I think it was a typical sort of post-buy round. You know, sometimes they're harder than other rounds, you know, just for restings and things. And, you know, we got sort of Teddy out. You know, we had enough time to sort of look at it. But it was sort of, he was named originally. Um, you know, Angus was benched, which post-origin, you know, is a possibility. But we got that. Um, Tohu was in and then it ended up being a disaster anyway. Um, Nick Arima got benched and, you know, he was, um, you know, someone that people were sort of would have been relying on as a big play. And as it was, he got a terrible score this week. Um, you know, it was bizarre to me that Fafita got benched for so long in that Titans game. Um, coach is, it looked like it was coach sort of hooking him, I guess, a bit before his effort out there. But the, the long and short of it is you're playing a paying a bloke over a million dollars you you've got people like tino and, and and mofo playing longer minutes and their post origin backups and you've got fafita fresh as a daisy the highest paid player in the club and you hook him mid-game for for what you know then your team goes 20 points down it's just fucking dumb coaching and look you know fafita um, came back on and had a bit of spark when he went on. And, and look, you know, Fafita is lazy as all hell, I'll give you that. Um, but, you know, he's a he's an X-factor and he can break the game wide open. And, and, and look, you know, coach needs to work on, um, you know, his, him putting in more effort on the field. He's got to sort of engage a bit more. He's got to go looking for the ball. But those are things you do in sessions and you do on the training paddock. You don't do it live in a game, you know, and... Uh, it was just, it was, it was sucked in, sucked in, mate. Coach, you, you're a fucking idiot. And, you know, you didn't use Fafita for, for the full game, which you should have. He was fresh as a bloody daisy, coming off a week's suspension, no origin. And he didn't come in and rip and tear, but, you know, that's not the way to do it. You're not going to get results from that. And, you know, you just got exactly what you deserved. Um, another thing I noticed is uh, everyone knows that Maddo went huge with a big ton this week. Played the full game, I think. Um, and IPAP was 
was down. Um, oh, I have floated in my previous podcast that Arthur's obviously doing a rotation in there with the forwards and generally speaking this year it's it's gone in favor of ipat for big minutes but we just happened to be there this week when there was bulk minutes for Mato and less minutes for ipat and i'm sure that that's going to probably change again you know i think they're in a definite rotation you know brown and and um Mato and and ipat and um you know so it'll be interesting to see but i would expect that ipat's not going to get rested as many minutes as he did in in that game, then probably turned out his worst score of the year. And Maddo, you know, everyone's like, Maddo's back and Maddo's on fire. Yeah, well, Maddo had a bloody great game. He had a wow of a game this week. I will not deny that. But I would not expect him to be playing 80 every week. And he's been closer to 50. We, 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 everyone's memory is so you know, short when he goes and bangs out a big one. And that is great. He did bang out a big one. But he's been on 50 minutes and getting 40s and stuff prior to... Um, this week, and, and, and there's every chance that it will go back, you know. And, oh, look, if I were the coach and he had a game, like amazing game like he did this round, I would probably give him minutes next week because he's he was absolutely outstanding. So why change it? Keep him keep him on the minutes. But hopefully IPAP's minutes go up next week. But it seemed like this week that in the rotation, it just looked like IPAP was the one that got the rest and, and Maddo got the, the extra minutes. Um, look, we have got some injuries in there. Jennings um, from the Melbourne Storm got, got an injury. Um, now, I don't know if that's going to be that Eremiah that takes the wing spot or here's something that I will be uber interested in. Uh, Hines, he could definitely play center wing, shouldn't he? And and, and he, he could. Um, and, you know, it's sort of like in anything, you could just put... Um, your best players in and like they, what Freddie did with Origin and picking the, you know, Latrell and, and um, Turbo in the centres. I mean, Hines is having some sort of year, almost the best player in the game. So if you're going to put him back to be a benchy, you know, maybe he could just slot in and take that centre wing. I mean, if he stays on the field, and quite frankly, I think he's a better kicker than Paps as, as well, Um you know, maybe Heinz could just live on and stay in teams. It'd be really interesting to see teams named this week. And looks like he's going to be, it was a bit of a bad injury for um, Jennings. So it'll be interesting what happens with Heinz, whether he goes to center wing or whether Paps is actually back this week. Um, and Jerome Hughes copped a little bit of a, an injury as well. So he could go in the halves. So the Heinz could live on, but it'll just be interesting to have a look. Um, Tohu, he's had an ACL. It's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I've had some horror luck. I mean, buying Cook today was a fucking dumb, stupid, idiot thing for me to do. Um, I should have just waited for Grant or someone like that. I mean, Cook's having a shocker of a year. I just figured against his old team, the Bulldogs, he would try to go and rip it, rip in, but he just didn't. It was a mistake. But, um, you look, I brought in Tohu for the buy, got his 26, and then I got a 6 this week, and now I've got to trade him out, you know, and... Trades are at a minimum, but it's really unfortunate. It's just the nature of the game. And, uh, I mean, I think that it, it just proves probably quicker than all of us wanted it to happen is that you've got to keep trades for injuries and stuff. So, you know, you're going to have to trade Tohu. You can't, you can't keep that kind of money on the bench, and it's really unfortunate. Um, devastatingly, um, AJ pulled up with a hamstring in that Souths game. I don't know the severity of, of it, um, but if he's got a hammy problem, do you hold or not? You know, he has made bulk, bulk money. His value is huge. Um, 
you know, if he's out for four weeks or three weeks or whatever, um, if, if say, Hines' role goes to centre or he, you know, he, he, he holds his position, you could you, you could sell AJ instead of Hines. But everyone's going to obviously have to deal with the situation once team lists come in or once you get the report back on, you know, the severity of of the the hammy. Um, it seemed like it might have been a very light twinge. He, he's walking off okay. Um, but, you know, I'm no bloody physio and I've got no idea. But it's just going to throw the spanner in the works, I guess, for people. Um, look, um, the scoring, it's a particularly... I've got a couple of things to say about the scoring. But, I mean, in this last game, and I think I think Cody was bloody ripped off, something fierce. Cody Walker, you know, he was missing all these line break assists and, and line breaks. And he got a try contribution for that try to AJ where he hurt his hamstring, that's a try assist, sorry guys, somebody in there today was like, oh, let's 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 go and rip off the old Cody captainers, but I think they've underscored Cody, something fierce, now, he's finished with a pretty good score in the end, because he did put on another try assist, um, but I think he's been ripped off, I think he's been ripped off, and, you know, let's see if the updates come through, um, that was some bad scoring, that was some bad scoring, um, the updates, that's another point I want to talk about the scoring, you know, they're a bit whiffy, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, I know Kando will be sitting there going, eight oh, it's a tinfoil hat, no, Kando, just hear me out, so we get through the first few games, we get those updates, and they just roll in, you know, on the Saturday morning, whatever, it's, it's three points here, or four points there, it's just a couple of points, or blah, 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 this morning, I go and have a look, and there's players, and when we go through the scores, we'll see there's, there's, you start getting the big updates, the 20 point ones, and the, the huge swings, so what are the chances that the first games are always updating just a point here and there, one or two, three, four points, and then later on in the round is when you start to see the wild swings, you know, so many rounds, People are messaging, they're like, well, I went up 120 points and I went up 150 points. Well, not in the first, once the when the very first updates come in for the Thursday game and the Friday game, or in this case of this week, the Friday games, it was a couple of points here and there. It's like it was half us. We all do our jobs and we know what our best work is and we know what our sort of phoning in work is. And even though it might be still sort of looking at it and doing the job, it seems to me like the initial updates are just done very casually, just a point here and a point there. And, oh, that's we won't, that's one less tackle or that wasn't a, uh, a tackle break. But they're not looking over it as with a fine-tooth comb, I don't think. Or they're just different teams i don't know but the scoring as a way of patterns after those initial first updates the second ones are the ones with the wild swings and that and those are in fact the ones that have like the weirdest scoring where i come in on a sunday night and and it's the last most of my complaints about the scoring in the last day or the saturday um you know because it's just it's a bit crazy to me and and when i'm looking at it i'm going what how did they miss that um my last thing I want to talk about in talking points for the week is the bunker. Far out the bunker. The bunker don't know or care about the, the rules or the vision. Now, David Fafida, in the last seconds of that game, that was a try every day of the week. But what annoys me about the bunker is that the vision clearly shows that it's a try. Clearly shows that it's a try. How are they missing it? How, I mean, we give a lot of shit to the bloody uh, on-field ref, and look, they're not doing a superb job either. Where did uh, Sutton put the whistle away today? It wasn't working. It was it, it was working overtime in Origin, but he didn't seem to want to do as many six against today. 
anyway, but um, the bunker, David Fafita, that was a try. I mean, I could just go through it. I mean, every second call that they're getting is wrong. Uh, the eight-point try, and I mean, I'm a Raiders fan, that was not an eight-point try. Absolutely not. What are they watching up there? You know, it, it just drives me nuts because these guys in there, it's not like um, it's not like one every ten calls is wrong. Every every th- third call, let's let's be conservative. Every third call is wrong, and it's bleak. Look, you're looking at it on your screen. You're like, oh, that's a try. Well, that's not a try. It, it, we watch it, and and every person I'm talking to is like, oh, no try, and then like try or you know, it's. How? What the hell are they watching in there? It's like the guys are so unqualified, or that they've been given some sort of adage to try to find mistakes or to um, rule a certain way on things, and they're getting it absolutely wrong. Now, if the bunker doesn't work, scrap it, scrap the goddamn thing. Now, I'll tell you what: go and pull all the people that work in the bunker for the for the, for the referees, and. Give them one day a week where they all watch, I don't know, a classic game. Put on a classic game that had, you know, four calls that went up to the video ref or whatever. And, and get them to or separately all watch it and and, and, and rule on whether it's a, four, a try. Get them to just do, you know, classic games like they're uh, and they're in the bunker. And I guarantee you that you'll get, there won't even be 50-50. I guarantee you that one bunker will get it completely different to what another bunker will get it, even though you're looking at exactly the same footage. And yeah, all right, we're going to have some human error in the bunker sometimes, but there's absolute goddamn howlers in that bunker. Fucking howlers. And, you know, for the average punter trying to watch the game, you, you watch, you're watching on the screen and you're going to get one view of it and they get heaps of views. You can see your view, and you can see plain as day that it's that it is a certain way, and it's it's completely shocking when it comes back with these weird calls. Now the bunker's also overstepping its mark, like that stupid call the other day with the pass, and and saying it was a knock on wrong, and you're just overusing your powers, and where they're interjecting for high shots and stuff, it's the bunker is not doing anything for our game. It's not doing anything positive for our game. They're making too many mistakes and they're offering too much of their own interpretation in it instead of actually looking at plain and simple according to the rules of our game and the vision that they're seeing on their screens. Pathetic and no good. Ah, oh, I need a, I've got a, I'm just going to pause and have a sip of beer because I'm just, I'm going, I'm going red. I'm, I'm fired up. Um, Oh, woo, the bunker. Fucking hopeless. Um, all right. Now, I wanted to mention an absolute legend and a friend of Ado uh, and, and a wonderful member of the Supercoach Experience team in Tim Moody, the coach of, of the Villy Armies. He was in ninth spot overall last week. Um, and this week he has absolutely had, it's almost like he has a, he has like a, time machine and he went back and saw all the highest scorers in the round he's sitting now pre-updates on 1703 that's he every one of his players this week has averaged 100 <laughs> fucking hell tim moody and the villi army yama heroes and you deserve a hats off on the adrianosaurus uh podcast because you haven't a wow of a year and you know, almost, you're one of my favorite people in the Supercoach community. You're an absolutely lovely, lovely person. You uplift others and you laugh and you're humorous and you're caring 
and you you got good points as point of view as well on things you take it a little bit serious sometimes so to see you having a successful year and doing as well as you are really i just you know if i i I wish against everything i i would miss every one of my finals in my 10 leagues if it meant that you win it this year (laughs) that's how much i want it so tim moody with a big monster 1703 and he was in ninth at the start of this week well done to you, mate. You deserve every everything you get because you thought long and hard about it. You just seem to be pulling the right strings. It's like you're charmed. And, um, you know, oh, just onwards and upwards. I, I feel, you know, so energized and happy um, for you and I want you to take the whole thing out. Uh, all right. Um, some good... Oh, what have I got here? Some scores. Um, a lot of good scores this week. Um, and when, when we talk about people for the run home um now we're especially with trades you know uh, at a minimum and we've got some injuries and stuff to cover dewey was fantastic today he got 144 he was a big you know option for people to bring in and i know a lot of people did bring him in and he delivered he was the top um five eight um before going out to the center wing this year and and he certainly delivered for people this week um look they're not always going to be playing you know the quality of the broncos but they have got a good run home and i think he was a good purchase you take a mana, there's a cheapie that just keeps on giving. Got a try today, 90. No Faluma, got a couple of pies. 73, which was a good score. Um, Hass was good uh, post-origin. He was he was immense, 88. Hass has, since Lodge has gone, he, he's a prime. He's back to the Hass we knew from years ago um, in the front row. Laurie got a 92. Um, you know, he can, he can bang out a good score and a bit of low scores. And today was a good day for people. Luciano, he's, he was sort of getting a bit meat and potatoes actually, but 72 today was a good score. Um, I've got, um, Cody Walker in there with a 72. I do think that he's been ripped off personally. I mean, um, I looped Hines, you know, I'm up against Cody Walker captain so what do I have? It's better if he did shit, you know, but I just watched the game. And I see the scoring, and I'm like, what? We're all super coach players, and, you know, um, I think that they've he's been jibbed 72. I think he's been jibbed 20 points. Um, Murray was good with an 85. We're going to talk about in strategy, actually, and he's a name that comes up. 85, good score. Uh, Alex Johnston, you know, he got a 67. He got two pies. He probably would have been on for more pies in that game and finished his with his, you know, standard 100s that he's been getting um with that hamstring injury now he, he he'll be it'll be a nervous watch for people because center wings where it all it's all at you know and and if he's out for multiple weeks you know maybe people don't have enough trades to do anything about it if they've got good depth in their center wing if it's a couple of weeks but you know if if someone like Hines is his position just stays good in that melbourne storm team and when you've got the hot hand you know you're like you're, you're hot you know, maybe he stays in there, but it's just going to be everything. Everything's going to be about team lists um, and, and watching and waiting and seeing what happens. But it'll, I'll just, yeah, I mean, what a bummer. Um, Lolo, I think uh, Lolo was good this week with a 72. He's a definite option in there. We'll talk about him later on as well in strategy. Um, earlier in the round, we had some great scores. I'm just going to fire through. Maddo was immense with 135. Like I said, in the minute share, it seems like he got the... The go this week, got over for some tries and everything. Gutho, I pegged that he'd have a big game, got 110. Nathan Brown was good. What did he get? 100? Great score. Reed Marnie, back from injury, an outstanding game, 98. He was really good, and we'll talk about him later as well. Um, Foran, 
I thought he was a stupid buy for people the other week, but he did a good job in that uh, win for for Manly in 76, which was good. Garrick was fine with 78 in, in the fullback. I mean, you would have wanted 100, but, I mean, Garrick's 78, you'll take Ikevalu. They seem to go over for the tries this week. They go that side so much. Um, 123. Um, Sam Walker was good with 120. Um, he he is getting targeted out there big time, but he just seems to bounce back, and he can certainly attack. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, Jack Bird got an, an 84, which is a good score for him. He's been a real you know consistent player with with that duality for second row and, and um, center wing. Manu got an 89. I think that's going to be bye bye for everyone. If you've got Manu now, he's got to go back to the bench. Because if he goes back to the centre wing and Teddy's back next week, um, I don't think you're going to get scores more than 35-40. Uh, Angus was good off the bench with a 79. Um, outstanding, in fact. Um, a lot of people benched him. Um, but he came on and he was just dynamic. Um, he got a pie, maybe. Uh, Radley was good with a 75. Some lunatics brought him in, but good luck to you. The hammer looked dynamic at the fullback role post origin. I think that origin could have been a little bit of the making of the hammer. Um, Ninety-eight. Um, Tupanil was good with a seventy-one. Um, Savage from the Raiders uh, in the fullback. He was a bloody. How good was he? He was like the difference. Uh, One hundred fourteen. I think he. I mean, look, chances out for the rest of the year and Bailey. I mean, he he he. He's still cheap. To, he's only has he only played two games. Or is this his third game? I don't know, but it was a great score. Rapana's had a really good year this year. One of our best, the Raiders, 79. Remian was pretty good with a 68. He got a try. Uh, oh, oh, it hurts my heart. 124, he was on a bench. Um, kills me. Hughes was absolutely bloody awesome. I thought he was going to go a big 100 in that game. He did go off with that calf injury. It'll be interesting to see whether it's just a, you know, they came off precautionary. He's going to be right for next week. Um, he's having a wow of a year, Hughes, and he's just such a great attacking weapon. I'm glad to have him in my team. Hopefully, the injury is not serious, and he's good to, you know, to bang on. But he got 96 and sort of sat out most second half. CHN was good with a 108. Um, I, I played him and said I needed to see a bit more of an attack out of him. Maybe coach had a bit of a whisper to him, like, you know, it's time to time to get moving, mate. But he was probably best on ground for the Raiders in that game. 108 was fantastic. Hines, I've looped him. 166, he had an absolutely bloody immense game. And, you know, like, um, perhaps, you know, he's coming back and maybe he comes back off the bench and Hines, well, that could also, you know, that could also make it not so great with Hines because there's a, maybe a minute share, but I, I, I don't know. But um, you just can't imagine Hines, why, why put him back to a little 20-minute bench utility when he's just having such a wow of a year? Munster, the mad dog with a... Uh, 150. He, he originally finished on 97. This is what I talk about in the the second lot of updates. He went up like 20 something, over 20 points, Munster. And yeah, oh, actually, CHN finished on 124. He went up 20 points as well. See, they were all the ones that from that day that went started to get the big swings. You know, uh, Walsh got an 81 in today's game. I've got a little asterisk there. You're lucky as fuck. Because with six minutes to go, he was on 32 points. Um, and he's he seriously junk-timed it up in the end and got an 81. Um, and look, you know, you're lucky. 
JFH seemed to get a bit injured there. He hurt his neck or whatever late in the game. 65. He was pretty solid out there. Good score. Tavanga, he got a 73. It'll be interesting to watch Tavanga. He's like a th- in the 300s. And he might be lock or, you know, maybe dummy half now with all the injuries that they've got. They've got some season endings uh, at the Warriors. So you know, this week it'll be interesting to see where Tavanga's name because he's an absolute bloody weapon. And 73 today, you know, is just exactly what you uh, get from him. Um, I originally had Barnett in the shit scores, but he got a nice old in in the second round of extra generous updates as opposed to the first ones, which is skint. He went up 11 points to 61. Uh, kick out was great with a 90. That, that charge down try was was beautiful. Too tall, backing up from Origin with a, an 88 was was sensational. Um, good scores. Um, I've got some bad scores in there. IPAP with, with a 54. Now look, that's not a score that you're going to go. You you're, you're dead to me. Um, IPAP's lowest score of the year, I'm sure. Let me have a look. I don't know, but he, look, he he had minimum minutes in that game, probably less minutes than he's had uh, in a very long time. Um, and you know, I think it's a rotation there at the club, and um, you know, hopefully his minutes go up and he gets back to the IPAP that we know and love. Uh, Saab eleven. A lot of people got lured into bringing him in a couple of weeks ago, and the and the good old whisperer. Take all the whisperer's advice. <laughs> Why would you bring in Saab and play him when there's no turbo? 11 points. Dumb. Ben Hunt, you know, he's backing up from Origin and um, 47. And I've got him mentioned in later as a, as a possible, uh, we'll be talking in strategy. But yeah, 47 wasn't his best game. Uh, Tupu with a 54. Tupu's base is, it, it, you know, all these complaints about 50s. But, you know, in center wing, you can get some hundreds and you want a big hundred. Um, Tupu's not getting as many hundreds because there's no tries and they're not, he's just getting that in, in complete base. But 54 is not a shit score, not a shit, shit score, but I'd love it to be a 70 or 80. I'd love a try in there. Uh, SJ, mate, mate, oh mate. You know, 17 points, he updated from, what was he on, 11? It was absolutely... I said it last week that he could have, could have played in all white. And he wouldn't have even got any dirt on him. He would have just looked white as he, the, the, than his run on. And this game was no different. What does it say to me? One, he may be injured. And if he is, drop the mofo and put in Moylan when he's back. Or get get him off the field. Um, or two, he signed that contract to go back to the Warriors. And he's not trying. Because 17 points in 80 minutes of football... No runs, just those little back, you know, the inside dish off passes and kicking is all he does. And I'm going to make a big statement. I think that if you go and work out the super coach scores from Kronk when he was lame in that grand final, I bet you he scores double the points that SJ did in, in this game. Pathetic. And, you know, when you're talking strategy, you know, SJ, he's proving to. In the last couple of games, since the contract's been signed, he's not a run home. How can you play him safely in your team, even in soft matchups? You know, like he he's playing against the war. It wasn't playing. He, yeah, he he should have um, cleaned up this week, and he to score a seventeen, mate. Uh, look, Watson fifty, and Braley a forty-seven. I just wanted better scores, and I want someone. I want. Someone in dummy half that can get a hundred, who I thought was was Cook. That was my mistake, um, because he got a thirty-four and actually got less than them. 
Thanks, Cook, you prick. Um, but look, you know, hopefully Cook goes and takes some runs. Take some runs, Cookie. And then goes back up to getting better scores. This game, the new game should suit Cook. I don't know why. I think he's regressing in, in form, big time. Ponga, and he unfortunately got injured there, seven points. Tohu with the ACL, six points, no good. Tapao, I've got in there for a 48. I think in the front row, you need you need 60 points. You know, like, that's what you, you know, you, you got your meat and potatoes, JFH, and he gets 65. This week, you got Lodge, got a got a 95. I don't know if I mentioned them in the good scores. Lodge got a 95. AFB got an 80. Those are good front row scores. So I'm going to put Tapao in the bad scores for 48. Um... Burton with a 54. I mean, it's nothing to write home. Again. This is an all right score, but not not anything to write home about. I think the dogs are going to probably have a rude shock next year when, you know, they've got Burton in the halves. I just don't know if him in the halves is really looking too good to me, you know, out there. Uh, Stags the 46. You know, a lot of people were just like, Stags dynamic. He's awesome. He's, you know, 46, and they got Rissold today. Um, by the Tigers, um, Stags 46, Cook got a 34, up against the Dogs, maybe, I'll uh, put it down to post-origin tiredness or something, but South was shit-ass today, shit, 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 shit-ass, um, and he got a 34, shit scores, anyway, those are the scores for the week, now we'll go into my story, story time, tonight's story is, it's titled, the Siggy Flick Circus. <laughs> Weird name, Siggy Flick Circus. Now, look, back in the day, I know it's a filthy, filthy habit, but Adrianosaurus did smoke. It was actually, you know, I was lucky to be very sporting and, and um, you know, I don't know, I just never, ever had an interest in smoking till I was, you know, with one particular person, you know, as a, in a partner that smoked, and I only actually smoked for like a, a year, maybe year and a half of my life, and then I quit on the spot, and that's all I ever did. But smoking is a filthy habit, and I did smoke for a period of time, and that's important to this story. Anyway, Kim and I, we lived in this apartment, the same apartment that where I did the pantsless walk home, and I was jumping up to the balcony. Yes, that apartment. Out the front of the apartment was where we did our smoking uh, in the front you know, garden area. Uh, and in this um, garden, there was like, you know, four meter high palm trees, with big frongs on them, you know. And I just had a stupid habit that every time I'd finish my cigarette, I would like flick the cigarette butt and try to like let it land and stay on top of one of those palm fronds, you know, like loop it, you know, flick it up so that it'd just roll over onto the top. And I'd, some of them I'd get and they'd roll down naturally, you know, like all fall through one of the gaps and they'd fall back down, you know, and, and I don't know why, but every time I'd smoke, I would just flick a cigarette butt up to try to land it in the palm and get it to stay up there. I'd never, ever been able to do it. You know, I was, I was playing it for like six months and I never, ever got you know, a flick, I never got a Siggy flick to land uh, in the palms. And anyway, it used to drive Kim nuts. She was like, look, there's all these fucking loose you know, cigarette butts everywhere. And can you please stop this bloody game? You're never going to get one in. And I was just like, I will so get one in if I just keep trying. And, um, you know, 
I made a big declaration that the day that I ever flick one and land it in this palm tree and it, you know, on one of the leaves up there, I will completely strip off nude and I don't even give a rat's ass if we've got people coming over, if I've got to go to work the next day, I will strip off at that moment. As soon as I get it up in the palm fronds, I will strip off and be nude for the rest of the day. She's like, all right. <laughs> I'll take that deal. You you, you live a land one. You, it's nude day for the rest of the day. Nudity, and um, you know, a, a bunch of time went on after that. I mean, I was flicking for six months before that time, and I think another six months went by, and I never ever, you know, landed a cigarette butt in this palm tree. And one development that had occurred in that time was that because we were, Kim sort of started to get in the game as well. <laughs> Because, we, you know, that's what we're like. We have a bit of fun. And anyway, so she's flicking and, and she actually joined the clause as well. That if, if either of us ever flicked and landed a cigarette, um, we'd be nude for the rest of the day. <laughs> and anyway, that fateful day did come. You know, we were having a few drinks. We're out the front and... I think I landed the first one. Boom! I've landed a cigarette button. You can actually, you know, you get out wide and you can see it sort of teeteringly sitting on, you know, the, uh, the palm frong. So mate within a matter of seconds we just both start stripping off it was like a weekday and the first strip day had happened for landing the siggy flick and um so we ripped off our, uh, all of our clothes and we're getting about the house i don't know for a couple of hours just nude and it was pretty fun <laughs> i mean god knows why we we made this declaration i mean and i'm kind of like the lannisters off uh you know what was that dragon movie and you know the blonde nude bitch you know anyway uh, sorry, I shouldn't say bitch, woman, M- my mistake, sorry, um, but, it, you know, we're like the Lannisters, if I make a, a deal with someone, I pay up, and uh, so, you know, we were nude, we were nude for a couple of hours, but anyway, the very first day that we were nude, Kim had organized one of her very good friends to come over and cut her hair, because um, she was a hairdresser, and anyway, the friend started walking up the driveway, and I was out there having a cigarette in the nud. <laughs> Uh, when she arrived and she just ran down the driveway screaming and got in her car and went back home (laughs) and obviously she just drove home and then called kim to ask what was going on and um you know kim explained the game and she thought we were bloody crazy friggin lunatics um but that was the first that was the first ziggy flick and that landed successfully and you know the day went on just nude um you know for the 24 hour period or for the rest of whatever the day was um and we stayed nude in the house just getting about our things which was pretty i don't know funny uh then on to siggy flick success too nude cigarette two happens i don't know who made the flick um but it landed up really good it was flush landing and so we just immediately strip off from memory it was a weekday as well it wasn't an ideal day for us to nude up because you know kim actually it was kim's apartment and i and i used to stay with her and and she also had a female roommate as well and the roommate was due to come back so but deal's a deal because we're like the lannisters so we rip off our clothes and we're completely nude Anyway, her and her boyfriend arrive at our house and obviously they both know about the nude, you know, the Siggy Flick game Um, because she was just like, Kim, and she like storms off. But the boyfriend, he's like, yeah, (laughs) he actually stripped off as well because he he loves it. He he thought nude nude Siggy Flick was a bloody awesome game. So he just nuded up and hung hung out with us um, in the nun. (laughs) 
I mean, we were loose people at this time, you know, Kim and I, you know, too much, too much fun. Um, but anyway, so we, on time two, it was, it was her roommate's boyfriend just, you know, ripped off. He, he was all for it. He was a, he was a happy participant to, to join along for the ride and he, he stripped off as well. Um, and the third and final time before the game got cancelled was where it all went pear shaped. Um, it was a Friday when well, I remember this because, um, well, you'll, you'll hear why, but anyway, this Siggy lands and we, you know, of course, we, we rip off the clothes again and we get into the nude. It was just Kim and I um, on that day. Um, and we were hammered at the time of landing the cigarette. But we're nude because we, as soon as we landed it, we would rip off the clothes completely, you know, on the spot. Um, and we realized we've got no alcohol. Ooh. Now, Friday night with no alcohol when we're already pissed was no go. So we decided that we would just give it a go. We'd go to the bottle of nude and try to, because, you know, no clothes on. That's cheating in the game. You might sit there and say to yourself, you fucking idiot. Like, why don't you just, you're like, oh, well, we'll put on clothes just to go get the beers and then come back. Well, if we play the game, the game's only fun if you, if you stick to the rules. And so anyway, we've decided that we're going to go and try to pick up this alcohol from our local bottle of. Anyway. We jump in the car nude, Kim and I, and we drive to the our local bottle and Aino just, well, well I'm, I'm nude, I'm raw, I'm raw as, I just walk into the BWS nice and confidently, I nod to the guy on the counter, I didn't really have a look at what his, you know, response was to me walking in nude, and I've gone to the cooler which was a bit unpleasant, obviously, in the raw, um, and I grab a carton, and by the time I get back to the counter, um, there's bounces because this, this bottle of was next door to a pub, like joined <laughs> to a pub, uh, and the bouncers were already in there to collect Ado nude. Now, one thing that we will have to mention about this story was that Kimmy was also in the BWS in the nude and, and, and I was as well. Um, but I got led back into a room and the blanket put on to me. Uh, next door in the pub by the bouncers and out of the corner of my eye I could see Kim successfully walking out to the car with our booze <laughs> she was able to she was able to buy it and look don't even get me started on you know hashtag me too us men I got ripped off and anyway so she successfully I could see her at the corner of my eye successfully getting the grog and going back to the car and I'm in this room next door in the pub you know from the bouncers and sure enough guess who comes it's the police because you know I was nude in a public place <laughs> and they're not a big fan of that so anyway it's a Friday night and I go to uh, I'm get, I get arrested for being nude in public now um there are a few things to note about it, and, and that is that I'm a little facetious, Adrianosaurus, if you haven't really worked that out in the stories, and <laughs> as I'm being led to the police car by the copper, I've still got the blanket on, and I sort of, like, jimmy my shoulders backward, <laughs> so that my towel, my blanket, you know, falls off, and I'm back in the nut, and he's like, don't do that, and he, like, puts the thing back on and as I'm like bending you know he's bending me down to get in the car I'd like jiggle it off again and on this time he like he's like sort of knee pushing me to get me in the car and he got to touch my raw bum he touched my raw bum 
and he, he wasn't too impressed about that, Mr. Officer. And um, look, I was just having a bit of fun. I was obviously three sheets to the wind, wasn't I? And so anyway, we're in this. I'm in the back seat of this car, and I like sort of swivel a little bit so that I'm like very visible. If they, you know, the passenger cop looks over his shoulder, and for the one driving, if he looks <laughs> in the mirror, and I, I don't know, probably two more times in the drive to the watch house. <laughs> I jimmy that blanket off so that I'm sitting there in the complete nude. And, and there was actually two, two, two times I had to pull over. Um, and we, <laughs> we got to the, <laughs> the watch house. Now, you know, you can't be nude. I mean, you can't be nude in, in a public place. And I, it is very, you know, Adrian today knows that. And it's very bad because, as the officers explained to me in the interview back at the watch house, you know, I, it was not terribly late at night and, and, and a dad and their daughter could come in or their little kids could come in. I'm still like, well, what about Kim? No no one complains about her being in there, dude. But um, <laughs> anyway, so they were like, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't just, you can't do that. It's, it's crazy. But having a little bit of a giggle about because I'm honest, I explained to them the Siggy Flick game, and they were they were a little amused by it, and and you know they sort of said, well, look, it's it's a section five or blah blah, and um, it's, it's it's you can't be make obscene exposure in public, uh, shall not be in view of a public place or school willfully uh, and obscenely expose his or her person. So I will be basically ch- charged with public nudity, um, and. They also said that, you know, you um, you won't be going home tonight because you that we're, we're putting in there resisting arrest as well. So you because of the nonsense in the in the car and you're going to you're going to be in court on Monday. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on? I was just having a little bit of fun with the old jiggly blanket and, uh, you know, public nudity. Yeah, I knew that I'd you know mucked up on the old getting in, in the raw trying to buy the, <laughs> the drinks but anyway i did stay in there from friday to monday um and look uh, the long and story long and short of the stories that all i did get done for was a fine luckily because can get six months actually just for the public nudity alone but anyway and there was no resisting arrest charge and i was it was just a fine thank god <laughs> because you know they realized i wasn't actually a predator <laughs> it was just a loose unit having a bit of a fun time but i was in there from friday to friggin monday wasn't i because that, that says some advice to you out there like if you do anything wrong you know proper wrong which, you know, resisting arrest, you know, technically, that's why I was in there over the whole weekend. Um, don't get arrested on a Friday because, you know, it's only the, the courts open on the Monday. They're not doing weekend trials, are they? Or weekend, you know, court appearances. So I got to stay in there, f- you know, in smelly fucking loner, you know, lost property box clothes because I was nude um, <laughs> till Monday. And, and so Friday, Saturday, Sunday were very pleasant times for me, which, you know, sitting in there thinking I'm going to get jail time <laughs> for my little shimmy shimmy uh, and, you know, the public nudity, because they were saying a lot of serious things to me about how bad or in trouble I could get. Um, I, I realized that we were never going to play Siggy Flick nudity game again. Anyway, long and story long long story short, in court on Monday, all I get is the fine, and they they don't they say, oh, well, 
you know, just public blah blah that that charge, you know, with with the with a fine. And as I'm leaving in the loner clothes, um, the police prosecutor like, you know, sidles up to me and they're like, yeah. You see, you should be very lucky that you're getting just a fine. And next time, don't be a fucking smartass when you get arrested. <laughs> and, like, walked off. And I was just like, oh, I got I just got fined. And they, because I was a cheeky motherfucker, I got to spend the whole weekend in there. And they, I was scared shitless, too. Thought I'd be, like, on a sex register or something, you know? Uh, and anyway, that was it. That was, that was, that was the end of um, Siggy Flick. Um, circus. It was it was the end of it. Never played again because I I I sailed too close to the wind and you know there we go. <laughs> Siggy Flick Circus. Um. All right. Now I wanted to do a little bit of strategy talk. Um. You know because a lot of us now, oh, man. After this round and the carnage, there's going to be people that have lost Tohu and you can't even get him out of your team if you've used up all your trades or. It'll be something that was not scheduled, and some people have got two trades or three trades left, and you've got to take up one of those with Tohu. What if AJ's out for the rest of the year? And a lot of people have both of those players. So, you know, it's going to be a little interesting run home, and the ones that have saved trades could have an advantage. Um, for those out there that are, you know, they're trying to look for options that are not the, you know, you know the old saying that everyone says, oh, all of our teams look the same? Well, I want to cover some, you know, Players that can give you a chance to jump up in the ladder, maybe, um, and, and, and also some head-to-head options, because a lot of you are going to be referring now back to head-to-head players. Um, I'm in eight caches, you know, so um, for me, you know, there's a point where I just have to make decisions to try to win my head-to-head and get in. I mean, as, as it stands, I think I'm making all of my top eights, you know, I think, um, which means I'm in good shape. But so saving some trades up my sleeve is ideal um, and getting some players at a little bit of point of difference. So if you're reversing somebody, you know, you can trump card them with some players um, and some head-to-head options that are under 10%, but I've done in brackets-ish because not all of them are 10% below, but some of them are low ownership options for people. Um, I'm going to give you the reasons why. And look, some of them, you've got to ask yourself a question like these people like that are low ownership uh, options that are going to allow you to jump the ladder. The only way you're going to jump the ladder is if they score better than the person you're replacing, you know, in, in the team. Um, you know, that was me. I was like, Cook will get 100 today or 75, 80, you know, against the dogs. No, 34, big fail. But, you know, that's my point. You know, you've got to get in hooker. A lot of us are there with Watson and Braley. So let's cover hooker first. Some low ownership people who can give you a chance to jump up the ladder. Number one for me is Reed Money. He's at 10% and he's only 465. Uh, okay, now if I had my time again, I probably would have gone him instead of Damien Cook. Uh, you know, and it was a dumb move for me, but you know, but he, he he's an option and I'm putting in here. He's, he's, he's 10% owned. Now, Reed Money has four 100s dish, uh, you know, this year, which is pretty bloody good because that's going to get you up the ladder when people are getting 40s in their hooker and, and Reed bangs out a, a 100. He got a 100 this week, didn't he, Reed? Um, he had a beautiful game coming back where he got near a 100, didn't he? Where is he? Reed Money. He got a 98. So he's a perfect option for people, I think, if you're looking for a hooker. It might be Grand, it might be, you know, but everyone's going to probably bring in Grand or, 
you know, uh, or has the cheese um, money with his big four 100s, and he looked dynamic. And I think he's a big part of what the Eels do for the rest of the season. I think he's a great option, and he's at low ownership, 10%. Um, he's probably going to go up, I would imagine. But, you know, he's an option for people. Um, and I think they've got a pretty good run, an okay run. Not not the easiest run, but I think that probably suits him. And I think they're going to look to play him for 80 minutes uh, every week. Um, oh, I put in there Cook. He, but this is obviously before I saw Cook play today. I wrote this stuff before today's game. But uh, Cook at 494. He's actually 20% owned, which is a bit high, but it's still not too bad, really, when you look at, you know, look at Hooker. Um, he's got three 100s this year. I would have loved one of those today. I thought one of those was going to come, but you, sometimes you get too cute. Uh, he's usually playing 80s, and they still do have that great run. So. You know, maybe we can chalk this one up to bad, you know, post-origin score. And hopefully he picks it up in the weeks to come. Um, and having now being an owner of Cook after this week, would I recommend him? No. <laughs> I don't know. You know, he's got 300s, but they were early in the year. I don't know. He's not really a good option. I mean, you might as well just keep bloody Watson and Braley. Uh, into the front row, here's some options I think are good. Um, Adam Fanua Blake is at 11% owned. He bunged at a huge score today, didn't he? Where, where is he in the AFB? 80 points this week. Um, he's 452k still. Um, since he's been back, he's got a 58 to 76 or 58. He's sort of warming up, and then he went out and you know got the big 80 today. Um, I know they had a lot of injuries, but um, he played good, good big minutes. Um, and I think that he's run is 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 good for the Warriors and this his ceiling is high. I think with their injuries it's probably gonna lock him into some good minutes moving forward and you know, in the front row it's you know not the the best spot. You know, like people are playing to power for forty eight and, and you know AFB seems to get to seventies and eighties without any trouble at all really. Um the other one is Dan Safidi. Um, I know he was injured and he's he should be back I think next week as the coach said. But he's at nine percent um he's 508k which is not outside of your budget um he's got one 100 this year but he's got a 90 and uh 70s um he's very consistent so he's floor to you know he might not get you a heap of hundreds but he'll get you in between you know 50 and 80 most or 60 and 80 most weeks he's very consistent um their run is pretty good and i think he's the kind of he's one of those front rowers that can jag a try and get up into the big scores um in the second row i'm going to cover a few names lolo there's been a lot of talk about it. is he back and how how's he looking and you know he got a good score this week and he looks like his minutes are good and it looks like it's time to play um you know that was that a loss but you know lolo is owned by eight percent you know he hasn't had a great year but you know um I think he's back. I, I think Lolo is back. Um, 484k. He's got one 100 this week. Um, his scores of late have been like 60, 87, 72. And then he's got that uh, 72 this week. Oh, sorry, that I counted that. Sorry, it's 72. So I think, you know, for a cut price, I mean, if you somebody is looking, obviously you've got to sell um, Tohu. Um, you could pocket 200k. If it's if that's getting you sort of cleary money, um, there's, there's certainly, you know, I think Lolo's going to get you 70 most weeks now. Someone I'm really interested in, I think, is Murray. He's uh, owned by 6.8%. He's 516k. He's got one 100 in there, 190, 280s. Um, he looks sensational. I think he's 
a great, great, great player. Um, and I think in the run home, he's going to score really well. I just, I, th- I think, I think Murray's going to have a wow of the rest of the year. And if you're someone who's having to get rid of Tohu, I think Murray's a exceptional option. Um, he scores really well. He's got the super coach friendly game. He can score a try, um, and he's quite consistent. I think Murray is a little under the radar one too. Six point eight percent. Frizzell, he's only owned by four percent. He came back this week. Um, he's 568. He's been having a really good year if you look at some of these figures. Frizzell, 4.4% owned. Frizzell has got one 100, 280s, 370s. He's got a low score of the year of 42. Um, his run is really good for the Knights, and he's 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 got a ceiling on him. He's, he's a great and, and consistent player. Um, if you want to go and have a look at Frizzell numbers and you're a Tohu seller, Murray and Frizzell are fantastic options. Um, I just didn't have any idea how good um, Frizzell has been going this year. Um, in the halfback position, Hunt, uh, I've put... not. I mean, I think it's, it's going to be Jerome Hughes or Cleary. And I don't think if you have Hunt, you're going to catch up on anyone. But if you... You know, if you're just over Sean Johnson and you've got him in the halfback position. Um, Hunt's 9% owned. He's 569, which he's had a good year. But Hunt has got two 100s, 190, 280s. Um, and he's 100% of what um, St. George Dragons are about. He Everything goes through him. Um, and look, he's shown an ability to get some real high scores this year. He's been a great... Anyone I know who's been a Hunt owner has been really happy with him. And, you know... What did Hunt get this week? A, a, a post-origin backup game for him was a 47 versus a Sean Johnson 17. I know who I'd prefer to have. Um, actually, I put a little note in second row forward too to keep an eye on Tavanga where he's named this week. Tavanga, if he gets locked and his minutes are up, he's a weapon. And he's only 300 in the 300s. Um, in the 5-8, Dewey. The people that jumped on Dewey this week... You should be bloody proud of yourself because Dewey's 3.1% owned. I imagine that's going to go up. He's got he's 517k. He's got two 100s, three 90s, two 80s, uh, and at 5.8, he, he's an absolute weapon. And today proved that with a big ton for um, owners. Um, and their run is their run of games is really good. So I think that Dewey's a fantastic option. Um, in the 5'8". So I don't know if I mentioned Schuster. He got a 96 this week. In his first game back from injury, he looked really good too. And he's my favorite 5'8". But, and that's why I didn't buy Dewey. I was very tempted by Dewey. Um, but if you are looking for someone who's going to absolutely rip heads for the rest of the year, I think you can't get any better in a 5'8". If it's not Walker or Dewey. And today, you know, Dewey... He would have been the one to own, wouldn't he? Um, in 5.8, I put Munster as well. 16% is low for Munster, ownership-wise. And he probably hasn't had the best year of his career, but he's 544k. Um, he's got one 100 this year, 190. He's got 380s, 270s, 360s. He's warming up. Munster, the mad dog, is warming up. And, you know, the Melbourne run is really, really good. Um, he got a good score again this week, and I think he's warming up. I think that he's... He, Sort of had a bit of a lethargic year, but I can I can see it that he's warming up, and he's just you know Munster just fucking he walks on the field and he's he just he gets to an eighty. He's just got a super coach friendly game. We talk about players that don't have a, a super coach friendly game and players that do have a good super coach friendly game. 
he does. And, and when he gets, you know, gets cracking, he's he can go big. I don't know if you're going to get 150s out of um, Munster because, um, you know, there's so many weapons in the uh, Melbourne Storm team. But what you will get is an average for the rest of the year that will probably rival Cody Walker's. Um, if, if you're trying to find someone in there that maybe you have Cody and you're looking for a second one. And it could be, you, you know, Dewey and Munster, I think, are both good options. I mean, I probably almost prefer Dewey to Munster at the moment. But uh, in the center wing, I've got Gagai, uh, 5.8%. He's on 647, so he's pretty expensive, but if price isn't an option for you, that ownership is very tantalizing, 5.8%. Uh, he's got two 100s this year. He's got two 80s, three 60s, um, and the fixtures look really good for the bunnies, um, and he's, he's an option for people. Nofaluma, 10.1%. He's at 380K. He's completely dirt cheap. Um, I didn't really... I wasn't... Today I was interested to watch where he had Tommy... Glue hands Talao in front of him, and Talao, mate, he didn't pass. You just the only way Nofa gets tries is if he gets it off a kick or they cut out Talao because all Talao does is run. So that is something that I'm going to put in there as a worry if you do own um, Nofo. He did get two tries today and a good score though, but um, he's an option. You know, for dirt cheap in the in the center wing, um, he. Has one 100, one 80, 270s, 260s. He's had some real low ones in there this year as well. But um, with Dewey back at 5'8", I feel like that opens and unlocks their attack a bit more. And it, it did today. They got over the top of the Broncos. Um, I am. It's just a concerning thing with that Tommy Talao in front of, in, 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 inside of him. But look, the score was there today. And I'm just telling you, they've got a good run home. And he's cheap as chips. Look, you can go for a speculative one if you're trying to move up the ladder or win head-to-heads. Someone like the Fox is 13.7% owned. It's not quite 10%, but he's around that sort of number. He's 517k. You know, just so you got to get rid of an Alex Johnston, you you, you got like a probably not as prolific um, in the Fox. But the Fox is having a pretty good year, and I'll show you why. Um, the Fox has three 100s this year. Um, which is really good. He's got 180, 165 in the 50s. Now, what does that say to me about Fox? He's only got two low scores in there, low, low, shit, shit scores. But he's actually being a lot more consistent. I think he's, um, you know, taking some dummy half runs and things like that. He's having a good year, in fact, as well. Melbourne just so great, both sides of the field. Um, He's the kind of player who can bag a, a bunch of tries. And the Melbourne run... Uh, um, looks really good for that kind of momentum type player. Um, I think there could be worse. You know, imagine AJ's gone for the whole year if he just went straight across to the Fox in an all, uh, you know, almost as good backline being the Melbourne Storm. Um, I, I can see the Fox going over for bags of tries for the remainder of the year. Um, into the fullback, I put Latrell in there. Eight percent, Latrell is. Um, 522k. He's got two 100s this year, 370s, 360s. Um, he's a run type player as well. I think that he had such an exquisite state of origin. I think he's going to have a big end of the year. And I mean, you know, that was probably a part of why South sucked so hard today as well. That fuck, they sucked. Um, but Latrell was out. And I think um, when he is in the team, they looks a heck of a lot better. Um, you know, I don't know if you're going to catch up on turbo and Paps type scores, but 
perhaps it's such an unknown, but you know, if you're looking for someone in the in the in the fullback spot, you know, he's an he's an option. He's been very consistent this year. Uh, the other one is Ponga, who's at two percent owned. Uh, he did get you know a terrible score this week as well, so he'll probably go down nicely in price. Um, he's got two hundreds, one ninety. Um, he's not kicking the goals, unfortunately, this year now, um, which could be putting a dampener on him. But he, we all know that Ponga can go the big, the big hundreds. Um, he's only played six games this year as well. I'm sure if he had done fifteen games, we'd probably see four hundreds and. You know, some of those figures more like some of the, the good fullbacks in the game. Their run is actually superb. Um, and I've just got that he can match it with the, with, with the big guns. Um, you know, is, you know, we know that Turbo, people are going to run home Turbo and someone. You know, it might be Paps. It might be Teddy. It might be Ponga. You know, like, who knows? But I think Ponga's an option. Um, if he was kicking those goals, I think he'd be a slam dunk. Great option. Um... Strategy-wise, too, I mean, depending on your trades left, I've just put like a little scenario here. Like if you're someone who has, you know, five trades, you're, you know, or you're trying to think about what you're going to do for the rest of the year, you say, oh, the only people I want to bring back in are Paps and Cleary. Well, Tohu's out for the rest of the year. So I'm going to just put a scenario out to you guys out there, and this is what I'll finish the show with. You sell Tohu down to enough, you know, a lot of people are going to probably go Tohu via Jules to Hass, or they'll go to Murray, or they'll go some of those good options, Frizzell, you know, um, Lolo, that I've mentioned in there, but they've probably said, oh, I would never get Cleary back. You know, if you've got good numbers in your team, um, I think that this is an option of where it allows you to get Cleary back, and we know that he's going to be back soon, um, and... To me, I'm thinking about my team personally because I, I'm a Tohu owner. Um, this is a, an option for me now because I'm not copping SJ for the rest of the year. I mean, obviously, I would not play SJ and I could almost nuff him too, but I don't I don't want him. I don't want him in my team. And I, it was, he's not, he's not, he's not impressing me. Um, so Tohu to enough instead of, you know, going, I've already got Hass. I've already got good numbers, and I've got backup in the second row. I had two good backups on my bench in second row, which now would, through Tohu, would become enough, where I could bank enough money to be able to do Heinz to Pappenhausen or AJ if, if he's out for the rest of the year or he's got a long injury, but I can get Paps back in. Tohu to enough, Heinz to a Pap, and SJ to a Cleary. I've got enough bank to be able to do that if I nuff Tohu rather than try to go down to one of these middies or, you know, Frizzell. I mean, this is the year of center wings, you know. Like, maybe you go down to a Savage who looks like he's going to play fullback for the rest of the year for the Raiders and he's almost bottom dollar. But do the equation to see if you can go Tohu to enough or to a Savage and what do you have left? And if you, you know, it looks like with BEs and that, when you eventually have to do this, this, the swaps... Heinz will be worth more than Paps, you know, and as long as SJ, SJ is going to bleed, you know, and Cleary comes back and he's got an enormous BE, um, there's going to have to be a few things that go right unless you've got a good buffer. Um, but to me, I think that um, three of my trades for the rest of the year are going to be those things. Tohu to Enough or Savage, Heinz to Paps, uh, 
or AJ, whatever, if I have to get rid of AJ, um, and, and SJ to Cleary. That's going to allow me to bring in the two people that I want to bring in to finish the year off in Paps and Cleary, and I might have to just ride a cook home, or I could, you know, with my last couple of trades, I could get Cook across to a Harry Grant if he starts to get good minutes in the, in the hooker position. But can you get Cleary back? Should you get Cleary back? I think the way SJ is going... A lot of us are like, oh, you know, I'll just run home with SJ and if I've got to play him, I will. Well, I think Cleary's going to come back and average over 100. And, you know, in your sec- in your, you know, if you can play Cody and Dewey in your halves and then you can play Hughes and um, Cleary and then you've got two gun fullbacks and then you reserve one center wing, I think that's the best fit and the best look for your team. So... Tohu today is an absolute dagger to the heart with the six points, and I got him in for the buy, and then I've got to get him out because he's... Look, I can use his money now as one of my trades because I have to trade him, and it might be an avenue for me to get Cleary back into my team. A lot of people will be definitely priced out of being able to do that, particularly with the limited amount of trades. So I would say to everybody to do up a little equation like that. Like, imagine if if you could do the tofu Tohu to enough... And then eventually your plan was always to flip Hines to Pap. Do you have enough to do SJ to Cleary then? It's worth looking at, you know, and look at a scenario that might allow you to get back in Cleary if that's what you, it might be a new plan for you. It might be something you have planned and you've kept bank, but I would sit down and do the equation now because I don't think SJ's going to be the guy for you. And I certainly think that Cleary's going to come back with a, a wet sail and, and get, you know, average over 100. Uh, anyway, well, that's all around. It's a bit of a uh, all-over-the-place type one. Um, I hope everybody's going to see Green Arrows this week. And good on you, Timmy Moody and the Villy Army. I hope that you go all the way up to top spot. I hope you win the whole bloody thing because you friggin' well deserve it. Um, and, you know, this round has been a sort of high high for people who got Heinz as the captain and... Um, you know, if you had Cody as the captain, which he was, I think he was the highest captain, it might be a bit of a bust for you this week. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'd like to hit that top um, top 1,000. Um, I, th- I think maybe I might get a couple of hundred of green arrows at the 1401. And if I do, um, you know, I think it's been a, a good year so far for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll make most near oral all of my finals. Uh, in my head-to-heads and in the top thousand with some spare trades and hopefully I can make an assault and I think maybe a top 500 might be a reasonable finish for the year. So, you know, think of those options, guys, if you're in a head-to-head and you're trying to think, of, I mean, especially, you know, second row forward is going to be an interesting one for people because a lot of people would have Tohu and it, if AJ's out long-term, a lot of people own AJ, so it's going to be a plane in the center wing as well. You know, like imagine if you just if you've got five good ones in your center wing, you went AJ down to a savage, who's playable in certain matchups. So you got a ton this week, and he looks dynamic in the fullback spot. You know, and uh, you could pocket bloody seven hundred thousand. There's your Cleary. There's your Cleary money. You know, so there's just got to be options for people and some interesting things to think about. Um, you know, it's always an interesting round. It was like a perfect, you know, eight round eighteen. You know, post buy. Um, good luck guys and I hope that you get some green arrows I hope that um, you know you weren't hit with too much carnage um, there's been some sort of you know it's been a hard old super coach here I reckon and I think 
you know, it's been tough at times. There's been some injuries and some, you know, HIAs and the game has changed and it's it's been a tricky old year to navigate. So I think that this year, you know, <laughs> it's it's going to be an interesting little old run home for everyone, I reckon. And, you know, I look forward to the next few weeks. It's going to be really interesting. There's going to be a lot of people moving around a ladder because I think people are going to run out of trades real soon, if not already, you know, and um, it's going to make it very interesting in that sort of run home. People can do stuff and have a good squad and the people that can't, then they've just got to be lumped with, you know, the restings and all that sort of stuff that happens. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys, and have a good week and we'll talk to you again soon. It was round 18. It's always tricky for everyone. And Ada got 1,401. I probably left 100, I reckon, out there on the field. What's going on, South? Don't you like to finish off games? Anyway, can't complain about a 1,400. Go Tim Moody, you bloody legend on the Villiami. Love you, Timmy. Bye.